and welcome to Raising Our Voices. I'm James. Today we are we are talking about justice and what does justice mean to you. My panel today is Amanda, Ria, and myself, James. Thanks, James. We'd like to thank Lisa Brumptus for giving us the idea for this show. Lisa is passionate about human rights and justice. She challenged us to find how people see justice and whether it is actually achieved. Amanda, how will we focus on justice? Um, Justice is for people with disabilities and may, may of course, have, have a number of legal dictionaries at home and under justice in that it reads um, the, the re- responsibilities uh, um, to do with civil and criminal. That's in the legal dictionary, and That is something to do with the law. Dictionary.com says a few things. It says justice is about moral rightness, fairness and equality. It also says just treatment is impartial and open and justice is where everyone gets treated the same. Um, justice uses power to get treatment and respect. The Oxford English Dictionary defines the just person as one who typically does what is morally right and fair. But philosophers want to get get beyond dictionary definitions to consider, for example, the nature of justice as both a moral virtue of character and a desirable quality of political society as well as how it applies to ethical and social decision-making. We'll explore some of this in a later show with Lisa Brumptus. Today, we want to focus on our view of justice as people with disability. Uh, Let's just listen to some grabs from the team about what does justice mean to you. Come on, get up, stand up. Helen, what does justice mean to you? It means to me that people are treated equally and with dignity, that everybody is given their status as a human being that has a right to be safe and to have shelter mm-hmm. and to have interest in their lives and to, yeah, to live a safe and equal life. That's what justice means to me. Justice means to me um, it could be fairness to people with um, disability and uh, people with uh, guide dogs can get into a taxi with their dog, which is fair. And probably justice in the community. 
and community access. Justice sometimes means following the laws, but can also more broadly it means doing what's right and what's fair. Following the laws and doing what's right and what's fair are not necessarily quite the same thing. Amanda, what does justice mean to you? It means to me that you have a right to use the light and aware of your responsibilities and you don't walk against the red man. So you better get up, stand up in the morning. Give it up, stand up for your eyes. Stand up right now. Get up, stand up. Don't give up the fight. Let's have a short break and listen to some music on Raising Our Voices. And and now we've got a music track for you, and it's called I Fought the Law by The Clash. Take it away. spectrum have to cope with many challenges every day. But we've got a challenge for you. The 24-hour autism walk is starting from 9.30am in Bendigo, Saturday 23rd of May. It's led by walkers on the autism spectrum 
to raise funds for assistive technology for people with autism. You can join the walk at any time or donate to support us. Go to our Facebook page, Autism Walk, for all the information. And welcome back to Raising Your Voices on 3CR. Today in the studio we are talking about justice means to people with disability. I asked the team what experience does do you have in of justice? What experience of justice or injustice have you had in your personal life? Uh, I've used state and federal law over the years and uh, and it's been a good but bad experience of taking discrimination under federal and state laws and and sort of got what I want give and take and you've got to have the drive and the uh or and the commitment and it's not an easy ride and ran ran one case that went for for three months and one case went for three years and three months and that was under federal law. And uh, and I attempted to do this um, year eleven or year twelve for legal um, um, studies course, and it's given me an eye view of what I know more now, even before I did that course. But opened my eyes, and there's the correct way how to can tell it's um, rough act against the real act and all the other stuff and the. Uh, and in March '96, a barrister threw through his words, and I quickly got interested in, the in inside the international laws, and I'm very, very strong about human rights and all the other stuff. And it was an eye opener that day. Justice means to me. Uh, Probably a situation where being on hold on the phone to the trustees and um, that's a situation with me because getting extra funding from the state trustees and they knock it back all the time and say say no. It's not fair on me because I'm always ringing up for extra funding through state trustees and then you've got to give them your name and date of birth and your address and all the time and it's then disability as well is a problem. What experience of justice means to you? Uh, Well, something that I find difficult every day is getting to work on public transport. I don't have very good balance and it's very crowded. And I find every day that it's a bit difficult. I think a more just place for me would be one where I can get to work without being worried about falling over or people knocking into me or being able to get into the lift. Every morning I have to ask people, People will give you a seat if you ask, but if you ask mm. them to get out of a lift for you, you get a lot of cross looks. <laughs> I'm a bit fed up with that. Flagstaff Station, I'm talking to you. 
that's my idea of that's my everyday justice that I need. I need to be not late to work, and other people need to be a bit considerate of people who need to use the lift. The first story I'd like to tell is about Centrelink. I've had a disability since early childhood, and I was put on the disability pension in 1993. After my mother died, my brother and I sold the family home. We were going to buy a business. I called Centrelink and said, if we were to buy a business, what documents would I need to provide? They said, oh, provide within 21 days the following documents. At that time, we hadn't bought the business yet. In fact, we didn't buy the business for a couple of months. But I ended up losing the pension over that and not having any um, access to Centrelink benefits for a whole three years. I eventually got the pension back, but when I applied for the pension again, they said that I wasn't disabled enough and I needed to appeal. When I appealed, they changed my uh, assessment of my impairment To get the disability pension, you need to get a certain number of points. Um, You get points based on your ability to do certain things. To be granted the disability pension, you need to score a minimum of 20 points. When When I reapplied for the pension, I was given 10 points. And I appealed and they, gave, they magically gave me 45 points. I supposedly had no physical disability at all because I participate in sport. I'm a classified para-athlete. Uh, as part of my appeal, I gave them my para-sport classifications. Then they decided I had 15 points on physical disability alone. I also have epilepsy. I also have been diagnosed with autism and a brain injury. For me, it was just they didn't even bother testing because I did sport. Um, One of the things on that precise table is the person can has no difficulty um, manipulating uh, small objects such as coins. When I was demonstrating, I have demonstrated to people how that I clearly have difficulty manipulating small objects such as coins. Um, Well, I can do it, but I do it at significantly reduced speed and I can only do it with one hand. Uh, But no employer would employ me to do any job that requires manipulating small objects because uh, I would lose the money. (laughs) But uh, the Centrelink assessor decided to mark me off as having uh, no um, impairment of manual dexterity at all because I participate in sport, which makes no sense to me at all. The outcome is now I uh, have been, I have a part pension. Um, So they've decided that I am eligible for a pension because I have 45 points on the impairment tables. Mm -hmm. But it is a part pension because uh, they are including, because there is a large amount of assets tied up in the business. 
most of which I will never get back. The original decision to take me off the pension was a mistake um, because we didn't even own the business at the time and they didn't listen to me when I was saying, we don't own the business. If, we had, if I had had the conversation with them and two months later when we did own the business and hadn't been able to provide all of the documents that they requested, which I probably still wouldn't have been able to because it's often been difficult for me to get profit and loss statements and then it would have been a legal decision but not necessarily a fair one. There's, there's, there are these various places around Victoria and, and, and in Victoria. One of them is Villa Manor D- D- Disability Rights Legal Service and, and if you've got a problem, you can ring them up. And one thing that they don't leave you hanging on the line or they don't drop you off... They give you somewhere else where, if it's not their cattle or fish, it might be another group's um, area that might be more applicable. And in in Ross House, there's um, there's another group that takes complaints. I think under state and federal law, but yeah, and uh, and they and they're based on the. Second floor, Ross House is disability discrimination legal service, and they they do discrimination cases. I would like to open up the topic up to the panel of with justice in the community. In do they think people with disability find? In having a legal right to vote, uh, and uh, and making sure they have the right a- a- access to get into buildings, and the, some buildings have still got ruddy steps, Jack. And some buildings you can get into, but you can't use the toilet. Some buildings what? even have an accessible toilet but they're using it as a storeroom. What? That's discrimination. They shouldn't they should not be allowed to do that. If it's for people who need that toilet, should have that toilet. Mm. Some people are young people but have to live in nursing homes because there's nowhere else for them to go. Uh, homeless people on the streets are begging for money. Ah, uh, excuse me, I think that's against the law under the Wrongs Act or another act which is state law. That's the state law, yes. <laughs> and there's one thing that noises me. Uh, I use a white cane to get around and people should use their eyes but they don't and they should look and not bash into me or not take my cane out of my hand. So please look and be safe for all you non-cane users out there. Please look. We talked about people begging on the street. A fair 
proportion of homeless people are, in fact, people with disabilities. People with disabilities are overwhelmingly poor. Um, Australia is is the worst country in the OECD for um, poverty for people with disabilities, the worst country in the OECD for employment for people with disabilities. Centrelink is awful. Uh, that's true. <laughs> um, yes, there is a lot of unjust things happening regarding uh, people with disabilities and income. A lot of people have very low incomes mm. and also high costs relating to their disability. And speaking of Centrelink and all this other stuff, um Many moons ago, and I'm going back in time here, folks, um, they used to send us out all letters for when the pension was going up. Now, no more. And the pension cards are now, I think, coming out every two years now, not every 12 months. And there's one way to cut down fraud is to put the photograph of each person who... Who's on the age or disability pension or whatever? Please put the photograph on the photo of your pension card. That's one way you cut down for it. I'm not scared of Karen. More I do. Accessible housing, um, pu- um, housing modifications. Private landlords do not have to um, accept people's um, housing modifications. Affordable housing. Mm. There are very few areas in capital cities where somebody on a even an average income can afford to rent um, without being in housing stress. Mm. And I think we've already discussed that most people with a disability are poor. And um, and speaking of being poor and all this other stuff and. Uh, I know I'm living this experience myself now. There are some people who say, um, I can't live off the single pension. I say, excuse me, if you don't drink, don't gamble or you don't smoke, get your priorities right. It is a taxpayer's money that you're maybe misusing me. I don't do nothing about that. And I have the taxpayer in mind my head. It is a taxpayer's paid pension benefits, you name it, this and that, and they are the ones and to what I was saying before, it's fine if you're renting from the Office of Housing mm-hmm. but if you go and rent privately that's another kettle of fish and all the shared houses or you get Friends in and all that. In the meantime, there's a flip flip side of the coin. There are a lot of people with disabilities that mm. are now not even qualifying for a disability pension, although they have significant mm. permanent disabilities that mean that they will never work, um, but they're ending up long-term on unemployment benefits, which is a lot less income mm. than a disability support pension. Public transport is an issue as well. 
It is accessible because most trams don't. Most trams do have ramps, but most trams have steps yeah. to so. climb up as well. Because I know, and there's the my key issue as well. Because some people are not topping up with their my key card, and some people for, some people forget <laughs> to top up, and then they get a fine from. Yeah, which is two hundred and fifty dollars. I heard on the tram once. Whoa! <laughs> How is our real life difference to justice? Like, um, it would be great if Melbourne had all trams with low floors, and I'm speaking from experience. You know. I don't like the steps in trams. If I don't get support, I've got to throw my case up there and I've got to take it down myself. Excuse me, I ha- I have a visual impairment and I'm not the only one that mm. has this. There are elderly people, mums with prams and you, you, you name it. You, everybody has not been catered for. Excuse me, get the low floor trams on number one line, please be nice to have some low floor trams on my main line too would also be nice if uh, drivers uh, did not go really fast mm. round round turns when people were standing up on packed trams and it would be nice if people gave me seats when I ask for them instead of assuming that I'm an athletic 40 something or 30 something whatever they're sh- assuming that I am when I've got a balance impairment mm. I agree. Well, I don't like people dropping rubbish or littering Melbourne. The rubbish should go into the bin, not onto the nature strip, or people could trip over it with crutches and wheelchairs could pop their tyres if they've got glass on the footpath, Um, syringes at the beach. I don't like that either. And and yet there's another thing that oh, and that I don't like people who stand outside buildings and smoke. I go, Paul, what stinks? And wave my hand and just walk past, and that infuriates me. Oh, gross! I usually think of myself as a good self advocate, but when I was having difficulty with with Centrelink, I was getting nowhere trying to sort out the mess myself and I ended up getting an advocacy service to help me. If you are experiencing injustice, that might might be something that you want to do. And it's your legal right to make a complaint and uh, I've stood up and done that and and if we all stood up and complained, maybe the world might be a lot better off. We've been talking about justice. Rio, what can we do from here? Well, James, we will do a second part to this show where we can go into more depth. Lisa Brumptus came up with the idea for the show and she will tackle the issue of justice as a desirable quality of political society as well as how it applies to the ethical and social decision-making. Tune in for that show on July 8th at 6pm. Our show next month is the Radiothon show, 
and we encourage listeners to dig deep and donate to 3CR. Thank you all for raising a voice in the studio today. Ria, Amanda, and myself. Coming up next is Tamil Voices. Bye. Bye. Yeah. So you better get up, stand up in the morning. Give it up, stand up for your right. Stand up right now. Get up, stand up. Don't give up the fight. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Get up, stand up, get up.